Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. We're here with a special guest, Jake Carlisle, and Tony's going to introduce him. Uh, this is Jake Carlisle. I first uh, came into contact with Jake when I made a post in our Arate group. So it's a mastermind that Andy Frisella or yeah, Andy Frisella and Ed Milet collaborated on together, principles of entrepreneurship, life, how to better yourself. I made a post about how Dakota and I had built our real estate business and Jake reached out to me and said, hey man, I, I'm doing some flips, I'm getting started. Uh, that was maybe like seven, eight months ago. And uh, he's been killing it. He's been building his business up. He's been setting some huge goals. And uh, Jake, I don't know if Jake uh, wants people to know this or not. I got his real name, so I'm not going to say it. But <laughs> you're, uh, you, you can say it. You're, you're 100% okay, okay. fine. <laughs> Alvin, Alvin Jacob Carlisle. I was trying to find him on one of the skip tracing services that I use. And I was like, <laughs> who, who is Alvin? Uh, so it uh, goes by Jake. Um, he's in College Station, Texas right now, and he's in school. He's studying uh, ag economics at Texas A&M University. At least I think he still is. And it yep. looks like you're licensed too. Are you licensed with EXP Realty? I am. I am. So, so are we. So we're there part we of go. the same part That's of the same crazy. Illuminati. No, <laughs> <laughs> part of the same pyramid, multi-level marketing, uh, real estate company. Um, he's got a podcast going too. So that's something else we have in common. It looks like you grew up on a farm and you like doing the classic, uh, guy things. You like fishing. Uh, he likes lifting weights, doing CrossFit. He's into sports. Uh, looks like you, I don't know if it's your Mustang or whose Mustang built Mustang, uh, he had on his uh, profile. That's, that's a nice looking Ford Mustang. And yeah, then, that uh, that was mine in high school. It's it's long gone now. Good deal, good deal. And then uh it looks like he's been in a long-term relationship for a little while. You got a, a woman. Uh we can talk about that a little bit or not talk about it. <laughs> and then also uh it looks like you're associated with two different companies. So there's Arte Property Management where you're buying and holding property. Maybe something that somebody else in your family started and then you got into was Pegasus Coatings. Does that still exist? Yeah, so Pegasus Coatings was was actually my uh, my high school entity, and I was doing um, a bunch of ceramic coating and and car detailing and stuff. And I don't do that anymore. Um, but Arte Property Management is what me and uh, me and my business partner started. Good deal, awesome. So you've always been kind of entrepreneurial. Uh, I I have, but it's it's kind of not been on purpose. Almost, um, you know, I I I grew up. Um, raising and selling pigs and, and heifers and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, if my, if my parents needed something sold, um, I was the guy to go sell it. And if my grandparents needed something sold, I was the guy to sell it. Um, I was always mowing lawns. Um, so I was always doing something other than, uh, working a regular job to make money. Um, so it, it you know, it's, and I, you know, now I, now I realize it, but back then you're just, you're just doing whatever you want to do to make money. Right. Yeah. For sure. I think that's a Gary V kind of promotes too. It's just like, do whatever you got to do when you're starting out small, like the flip game's always there. If you can learn how to sell, you can do anything. And uh, you're between Austin, Texas and Houston, Texas. You grew up in Chapel Hill and you're going to college at College Station. What markets do you focus on when you're buying properties, when you're flipping properties? Yeah. So um, we started in Bryan, Texas, um, which is 
right adjacent to College Station. Um, basically the same, the same city. I mean, not, not the same city, but you know, they're, they are connected almost. Um, and so we started in Brian we did our first flip. I think we did five flips before we even attempted a burr. Um, and honestly, you know, I don't know why or how, but we, uh, we are three flips right now going. And then we have actually five, two other burrs under, 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 uh, construction and then three under contract. So, um, we've got five current projects under, under construction and then three under contract. Um, and we mainly focus in, uh, Brian call station, but have recently kind of going, going, gone towards Brenham, um, which is where I grew up. It's right next to Chapel Hill. Um, because if you can imagine, uh, Austin, and so everybody wants to come out of Austin, out of Houston to get to some land, right? They want five, 10 acres to retire on. Well, you're going to come to Brenham or there around that um, because that's where all the land is. And it's quote unquote cheaper um, now. And we got a bunch of people coming from California, New York, um, up north because $200 a square foot down here uh, sounds super cheap compared to a thousand bucks a square foot up there. Right. And now I see y'all are buying stuff for freaking nothing. And I'm like, bro, what? Yeah, we, it's funny because our price points uh, on a scale, like if you look at the scale of the United States, our price points are not that different. You have a low price point for your properties. We have a low price point for our properties. It's just that our properties are still half of whatever yours are. So yeah. our higher end properties over here are like $135, $145 a square foot. And that's ridiculous to us. Like that sounds like a lot, like $145 a square foot is a whole bunch to be paying for property. Um, but you're talking about $200 a square foot. Like it's no big deal. Yeah. I mean, we, we, especially here in call station. I mean, I, uh, I just saw a house that was, I think it was 1700 square foot. Um, it's not even worth this, but it just went over, it went 20,000 over asking. Um, and it went for 314, which I don't know what square foot that is, but it's probably like 160, 170. Um, and that's pretty normal here. Like that's pretty normal. Um, Brenham, you're, you're touching 180, 190 now. Um, our flips will be around 160, 165. Um, cause we always try to, we always try to buy, um, it's just kind of how it's worked out. But we've always tried to buy uh, about half of what we're going to sell it for. So like if we sell it for 180, we're going to be buying at eight or 160, we need to be buying an 80, right? Um, it, that usually works out for us. And if we, if we kind of deviate off that, we, we either don't make much or we get burned. Um, so yep, that's yeah, I mean. I think the the cheapest we've ever bought and sold is I think we sold one for like $130 a square foot and that was like cheap cheap. Wow. Yeah, that's uh that's funny that you say that too because a lot of times I've I've done the math and found out that our average purchase price is about 51% of ARV and um it's crazy that most people think that in this market uh it's not possible. And then, you know, you say the same thing with, you know, you out in Texas, uh, and then we're in Indiana. Um, we talk to people from California, Vegas, and they just say, well, that's not possible in my market. But, you know, you're doing the same thing where you're at. We're doing it where we're at. So it must be possible in every market. Absolutely. And I think it's just all relative. You know, like, you know, y'all y'all are talking, you know, 145 bucks a square foot is a lot, but it's just numbers, right? It doesn't matter if it's 100 square foot or $50 a square foot. 
half of that is half of that, right? 50% doesn't discriminate. Um, and <clears throat> I think it's just helped. And it's, it's crazy that, that, that is like the, like the actual numbers, because for example, we just put one under contract yesterday from a wholesaler, actually, um, it's been, it's been sitting in water for like six months. Like it, it was flooded and, uh, like it needs complete gut. But what happened was, um, the wholesaler, you know, whether they knew it or not, um, they're from California and they had somebody else come and look at it. And they said it was 1,370 square foot. They won 116 grand. It says it was a fair price. And, um, well, we went on there and we figured out that it has a converted garage that's 450 square feet and a detached apartment in the back that has electric. And so we'll finish both out, end up with about 2,200 square foot and we bought it for a hundred thousand. Wow. So, you know, that's, that's less than 50 bucks a square foot that we just bought into because somebody else didn't do the, due, didn't do the due diligence. And, um, you know, you just kind of, kind of look, look for stuff like that and create the deals rather than I think find the deals. That's, that's one thing we've, we've found. Um, and I, I don't know, <clears throat> I think y'all are a lot better at finding deals than I am. Um, but I love creating deals more than, more than finding yeah. just. So you mean, what, you mean we're going to create the deals too. We, <laughs> no, it's good. We have to, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I've been telling people that all the time. It's not like people just come up to you. Hey, I want to sell my property for $4,000. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that doesn't happen. People don't just say, Hey, I want to sell my property for 50% of value. It's like what you said, you have to create that. We created a lot more instead of like looking for value ads, we created more by talking with the people, explaining to them and stuff like that. But it's more through negotiations and then also good marketing, obviously. You yeah, have we, to we create we get lucky because we send a thousand texts a day. We get lucky because we send, you know, four thousand letters a month. We get lucky because we make a few thousand calls a month. You know, we get lucky because we spent nine grand on a tv commercial for three months you know <laughs> yeah yeah but then yep. yeah like you said you still have to create that even when even when like those people come in you have to know how to work that lead and do it so yeah that's awesome man so how many deals like total have you bought this year and when exactly what day did you get started was it you know january this year or when did you actually get started Yep. So we, we got started on February 26th and we actually, we hadn't bought a single house. Like we had bought one little tiny condo. It cost 46,000 and we put a renter in it and like, whatever. Um, we ended up selling that one for a little bit more than we bought it for, but, uh, we bought our very first flips plural, um, on February 26th, we bought two on the same day. And we had never bought anything before. We never flipped anything before. We just kind of were, we were rolling, right? Um, it's crazy to me now. We bought two flips on the same day. Um, and that was February 26th. So we've been at it, um, I guess today is what? Uh, not, uh, 10 months. This, this week is 10 months. Um, and I think we just, let's see, we've done five. We own five, so we're in 10. We've bought 10. We have three more under contract this year. So, um, I guess we're up to number 13, wow. um, in about a year and, and some of those weren't good. Like we, we lost money on one of them. Um, yeah. we basically broke even on another, um, there's some we're going to make really good on and there's some we're not going to make really good on. So it's been a lot of learning. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely a huge learning curve and we're still learning, right? We're still trying to figure out marketing. We're still trying to figure out, okay, what's this, what's that, but, um, sort of feel like we're sort of getting a stride. 
And uh, 2022 can be sort of a breakthrough year for us if if we do it right. And yeah. You're doing all this while you're in school, right? Yeah. So I'm I uh, I'm I'm full time at A and M. Um, and then as as well as I just I just in October got my real estate license, and I'm helping some investors out there as well. That's awesome, awesome man. So for our viewers, there's there's probably a lot of people that haven't done any deals, and like that always seems like the biggest thing is like getting people to actually start to to actually lose the money to take the risk because like the only time that you really like you know, or held back is whenever you don't take that, like, you're going to figure it out, you're going to be profitable, you're gonna be successful, not because you know, you're losing money on deals, but because you're learning from it and you're learning from experience. So was it you or your business partner? Or like, what was like, how did you guys just decide, all right, we're going to do this. And like, if we mess up on a couple, we're going to do it. Or like, have you always been like that? Or what do you think has built that? And that, what would you say to other people who are thinking about getting started? Like, how can you help them to get through the emotions? Or maybe you didn't even have those emotions? Right. And I, I think what you just said on there, uh, I don't think I knew what I didn't know. Right. Like, you know, I guess you, I guess I knew I could have lost money, but I didn't really have that in my mind from the beginning. Um, and it wasn't until you go to the closing table and you put in 18,000 and you get a thousand dollar check back. It's like, Oh, okay. Um, you know, um, then it hits you a little bit, but I think I just kind of went in and I was like, Hey, like we've got some cash in the bank, you know, worst case scenario, we lose some money. We learn a little bit and we keep rolling. Like I've always kind of operated with a zero options mentality that like, if I fail, quote unquote, fail on this. Okay. What did I do wrong? Let's do it right on this one. Um, and I, I think what I'm really good at is just going and doing and learning on the fly, figuring it out. Um, I'm not really great at trying to figure it out word for word, being super perfect, and then going because it's going to take me a whole year to figure it out, where I can go flip that house, you know, make 15,000. If I wanted to make 35, oh, well, I made 15. I can go put that towards the rest and, uh, and learn. I know that that's kind of how I go. I'm just not really scared to fail because I'm still just 21 years old. I mean, I have a bunch of time left. Um, I could go completely bankrupt in the next year and I'm still 21 years old, right? Like there's, <laughs> that's what I've told Chad. I was like, we're either getting rich or we're going bankrupt. Um, and maybe that's not, maybe that's not a good mindset, but uh, you is, know. No, that's a good mindset. The funny thing is, I think that's exactly what uh, Brian Davila and Ryan Pineda, like our business coaches said, like, I remember Brian saying that same exact thing. He's like, dude, I'm either going to like go completely bankrupt or I'm going to be stupid rich and, you know, do it again. Dude, I can't believe you're 21. You look a lot older than that. Yeah, you just turned 21 too. Wow. How I did, did I, by the way. I, thank you. I turned 21 on the 27th and uh, I went wow. out, I got my first legal drink last night. Um, didn't even get ID'd. Um, wow. so yeah, first it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, it's funny cause I had my first drink on my 21st birthday. I didn't drink before that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? And I, I really don't drink anyway. Like I, 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 that was my second drink this whole year, actually. So, wow. So before, uh, you got into real estate, what, uh, made you believe that real estate was the right thing to do? Like you saw, you were watching HGTV and you were just like, oh man, I want to do that. Or, you know, was it, uh, was it somebody like Ed Milet who you're like, I heard Ed does real estate. I'm going to do that. You know, what was your inspiration leading up to you actually getting started? What made you decide real estate was the right vehicle? Right. 
Um, it was really right as COVID hit. Um, and it was like, like the market wasn't even going up at all before when I, when I decided this, um, I was working at an airport, a private airport, and I was a line service technician. So we would, we would gas the planes and park the planes and, and stuff like that. And, um, I would see these, these guys coming on these jets, these private jets, and then we'd pull their cars out to the front and they get in their cars and they go. And I'm like, I gotta be doing this when I'm older, right? Like flying on the private jet, walking down, there's a red carpet and they're just rolling out in their Mercedes. Is there really a red carpet? Some one of them, one of them was really a red carpet. I think, I think one time we met Chuck, Chuck Norris flew in and we got to meet Chuck Norris. And so they brought out a red carpet for Chuck Norris. Um, but yeah, and then COVID hits. You, you didn't get to meet Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris decided he wanted to meet you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. And, uh, and Chuck Norris actually lives, uh, in Navasota, which is about 20 miles south of here. So he's, he's a local actually. Wow. Um, but I got laid off from the airport and then COVID hit locked down. I had to go back home, which is ironically only 30 minutes away. Um, but I went home and I had nothing to do, but look at the stock market and watch YouTube videos and read books and work out at my house. Like that's it. I had nothing else to do. And so I was like, man, I, I do not want to work my whole life. Right? Like I do not want to, I get, I mean, maybe not work my whole life. I don't want to be stuck in a nine to five job my whole life without any control. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so all, I was like, I read rich dad, poor dad. And it was just light bulbs, right? Light bulbs. It made sense to me. Um, and that really put me on the path. Uh, I flirted with Airbnb rental arbitrage for a little while, never really got anywhere. Um, then I met Chad at the gym and he was like, dude, I love real estate. And I was like, dude, me too. And so we kind of just rolled with it. It took us, eight months to buy a house, but we bought a house two, two on the same day and we haven't looked back since. Um, and I, I just saw it as, as the vehicle that, that could get me there. You know, even, even by the time I'm 25 in four years, man, it could be a hell of a lot different than it is now. Awesome. Yeah. Something, uh, something I just want to give you as a tip too, with the Airbnb thing, if you keep properties, so you say you're burned out of some of them, if they're close to the hospitals, instead of putting them up on Airbnb, you would do like furnished finders and then reach out to nurse recruiters and reach out to uh, staffing agencies that staff uh, temporary nursing. Yep. And then you could get 13 week assignments. So we have some of our properties. We have an, uh, a lady who manages our Airbnbs, but we're not really Airbnb them. And you cash flow so much more than you would think is possible on a property. So that's just a, a tip for you going forward with short-term rentals. You should try one, try gotcha. one house and just, you're going to have to put like an extra 10 grand into freaking furnishing the thing and get somebody to put together all of the Ikea furniture. <laughs> oh, but trust me. Just, I, uh, I, I, uh, we just got another one and we spent, I think eight, 8,500 bucks. I think I spent like 12 hours one day putting together furniture. It was not <laughs> fun. Yeah. That's crazy. So uh, you said you met your business partner at the gym. Like, did you guys, you know, just decide to do it? Or like, how did you guys, you know, find out if you're the right partners? Or did you guys set any expectations up front or anything like that? Yeah, honestly, we we always like to joke that we got really, really lucky um, because I think we did. Um, you know, it really was just 
he was a a good old good old boy from Brenham. Um, I was born and raised in Brenham too. And Brenham's a kind of a small a small it's a it's a smaller town, but it's more of a small town mindset, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, like you grow up in Brenham, you don't really leave Brenham type thing. Um, and if you're making eighty two hundred thousand dollars a year, you're just and you're driving the F two fifty, like you are set, right? Um, but I think what's what separates me and Chad is we just want a little bit more. Um, we, we don't want to settle, I guess. Um, and that's, that's probably more of what, um, made us partner rather than, oh, this is perfect for real estate. I think it was more the, the want to be more like we looked at trash can cleaning businesses and we looked at plumbing businesses and we looked at HVAC and this and that. And, um, it wasn't necessarily just real estate, but now it's gotten to the point where, um, we're really good at making decisions together. Um, it's, it's, I don't even know if we've ever like, like actually argued and gotten super pissed. Um, you know, we've disagreed and, and we've had our, our times, but like, we've never really had a, anything bad. And we, you know, we've always been like, Hey, this is, this is, this is our end goal. So if this is not getting us there, then why are we doing it? Right. Or vice versa. Um, and if, if this is our end goal, why aren't we doing this? Right. And, and it's just, it's been really good. Um, I, I think we've got pretty, gotten pretty lucky because he was the only person that I even talked to. He, and I think same for him. So I think we got lucky, but, um, it's been working out really well so far. Nice. What are your guys's, uh, roles? Like, what are you guys both good at and what do you guys do for the company? Yeah. So I, I do more of the number side. Um, I analyze the deals. I underwrite the deals. Um, I am, I am very good at, um, I guess putting the deals together and creating them. And then Chad has a much better background in uh, hands-on such as, uh, he's, he's done plumbing for seven, eight years. So he has a bunch of contacts in the, the contracting area. Um, and he knows a lot more on that than I do. Um, cause you know, I could, I could just let my, our contractor roll, but Chad knows like, Hey, this isn't right. Or this is right. Um, and this needs to be fixed or whatnot. Um, and, and that's, that's saved us a lot on a couple properties, um, because <clears throat> there's things where I, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And he knew this, or he knew that, and it saved us 15, 20 grand. And, um, so he's, he's really good at putting those projects together and, um, keeping them rolling, um, you know, with a, with a focus rather than just me saying, yeah, contractor go right. Yep. He, uh, He's very good on the construction side of things and knowing what it needs and what it doesn't need. Gotcha. Do you have a specific goal in mind, like an end goal where you guys were like, okay, if we got to this point, then, then we would be done or then we would do something else or then we would retire. Yeah. I've never honestly thought about the, like the complete end goal. Um, I think I wrote down one day, I wrote down, like, I want it to be, I want us to be worth, like I want this whole conglomerate to be worth a billion dollars in 2040. Um, but I've only written that down one time and uh, <clears throat> I don't know how we're going to get there, but inflation. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I know. something that was like by 2050, the average house will be 1.3 million. I was like, Oh man, but then 1.3 million is not going to be worth this much. So like if you have a thousand houses, you could be a billionaire easily in 2050, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's like, that's the, that's the thing that's, that's crazy is I, I tell my parents, yeah, like with inflation, basic inflation, 
my rents on my duplex I live in right now are going to be $8,000 a side. And they're like, no way. Well, then I, <laughs> I reverse that. I go back 40 years and it's like 300 bucks a side. And it's like, that's what they were paying. And they're like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, we, we only, like, we really have only ever done yearly goals. Um, and we've just been kind of just flying, flying by the seat of our pants, uh, recently in the, in the last six months, uh, just learning so quickly that, uh, I think we've, we've lost sight of some goals, but we're, we are, I'm an, I'm an RTA and we, me and him are also an apex, um, entrepreneur with Ryan Stuman. And so that's helped us out a hell of a lot. Um, nailing down our goals, getting our focus and, um, you know, running it more as a business rather than just a side hustle. Cause that's essentially what we were doing at the very beginning is we were just, we were just winging it right. There was no structure, no nothing. You know, Ron Shepard. I have heard the name. He's in, he's in apex as well. Uh, he, I randomly reached out to him and told him that he should come to this, uh, personal development seminar. And then he's from Texas. He flew over here and I got to meet him for the first time. We hung out with him and he did this three-day seminar with us. So it's pretty funny. I know that he's an apex as well. So that's pretty cool that you mentioned that. I've definitely, I've definitely heard the name or seen the name in, in apex for sure. Yeah. What is, uh, what's the difference between apex and RTA and like, would, how much is it? And would you recommend it? Yeah. So RTA, I think I'm paying uh $400 a month. Um, I didn't do the, the yearly deal. Um, and, uh, RTA is super, um, like you have access to Andy and Ed and, and they, their, their wisdom is just so, so insane. Um, and it's, it's just like for 400 bucks, it's, it's insanely like that's cheap, cheap as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, but the difference is it's like RTA isn't super hands-on. Um, like there's not a lot of, you know, hands-on training or practicality with, Hey, this is how you increase sales. This is how you do this, do that. Like practical, you go in here, you train. Um, it's just a zoom with notes and and you can go implement apex. Um, entrepreneurs is what we're in. It costs 15,000 a year. Um, that's for both of us. So it's 7,500 a piece. Um, and that was the hookup shout out, shout out to my boy, Zach Sasser. Um, but it is super hands-on. We fly there. Uh, I think once a month, once or twice a month, um, for hands-on training. And then we have weekly accountability calls. Um, and you have, you have coaches within that, that coach you personally, um, to help you grow your business, depending on what you're doing. it sounds pretty similar to, to Pineda's, um, except apex is a little bit more broad in business and they kind of put people where they need to be. Um, and, and Ryan Stuman is just a hell of a mentor. Wow. Awesome. That's awesome. So if you want to spend a bunch of money, Apex is great. Uh, and it looks like Pinedas is awesome. Um, and then Arate is just an awesome network to be plugged into. Um, that is not going to break the bank, I guess. Um, because like you, if you follow Brad Modric, that dude is just killing it. It's been insane to watch him grow in the last year and a half. Um, you know, from where he started to where he is now. Yep. Who, uh, who influenced you more to get into RTA? Was it Ed or Andy? Uh, probably Andy. I started following Andy first and then, uh, I got into Ed and I actually like, I don't want to say I like one of them over the other. Um, but I think I need them both at, at different times. Um, like I need Andy when I'm getting, I'm getting lazy 
and uh, you know, I'm not, I'm getting less disciplined, and then I need Ed when I'm just down in the dumps, and I need some hope, you know, um, because I, you know, I, I could listen to Ed Milet talk all day long. Like, I don't know why, but I, I could like, when we have the the calls with him, like it goes by like that. Like, it's just, it's just awesome. Nice. Uh, I wondered something coming from a small town, uh, like you were talking about, I just had a conversation with my dad last night. It always seems like every time uh, you stretch more, or uh, my dad was talking about our goals and how I was like, yeah, I want to do this and this and this and this. And he's like, well, why would you want to do that? If you guys are already doing this, you already doubled from last year. You're already probably going to double again next year. Just keep doing what's working. Like why change anything? Why stretch? Why go into another business or do something different? Do you feel like, uh, number one, I'm sure there's uh, some talk about the amount of debt that you're taking on. And then I'm sure there's some just like, yeah, this isn't really the way that I did it, son, or, you know, from your, from your parents, from your immediate family. Are there some people in your family that are kind of like, be careful, like, be careful, Jake, don't, don't, don't like, don't get whacked, like, don't, yeah, yeah. don't go under, don't stretch too far, <clears throat> don't, don't take don't the risk, lose, don't lose what you already have, that's the biggest one. Right, yeah, yeah, I've been very lucky, actually, uh, my uncle, he is a very successful entrepreneur uh, himself. He he grew a uh, um, he, him and a couple of his partners grew a billion dollar business um, that they, they still run right now. Um, so I've been lucky enough to watch him grow, um, and he's very he's very entrepreneurial minded, and he loves taking risks. Um, but he's he always tells me, you know, you you don't need to take dumb risk. You need to take good risk, but not dumb risk. Um, and then my dad, <clears throat> he recently in February of 2020, uh, started his new company. So he just got into the entre entrepreneurial, uh, space and he loves it. He was an engineer for like 20 years, but now he just, he loves every single day of it. And I think the only person that's ever been like, you know, you need to watch out what you, what you're doing is, is my mom. And she's just been super worried that I'm just gonna, just gonna go, go down to zero and it, you know, it's just, she's not even, she's not even like trying to hold me back or anything. Cause she lets me do anything I want, but, um, she's just worried because, you know, when you're right now, I don't even know how much we're debt we're in right now. Um, I should probably go tally it up. It'd probably be a, a little bit, but, uh, you know, when you're in millions of dollars of debt and, uh, you know, it sounds scary, but you know, I don't even feel it right now. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy, but I've been pretty lucky. Um, I think the only people that have ever really said anything is a couple of my friends. Um, but I don't truly think most people that are my age understand what I'm actually doing. And so like, they can't really say much. Right. Um, I don't know how old you guys are, but like, I know my roommates over there, like if I told them I'm in $1.5 million in debt, like they, they would hear it, but they wouldn't get it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think anybody gets it until you're actually there. Even even though like you can conceptualize it, like you obviously understand it, but like to know the feeling or like what you're going to accomplish or like what's actually going on is very difficult for people to understand. Yeah, it's it's definitely a different feeling um, because like you you don't really realize that you know this private money lender, this home money lender, just gave me two hundred thousand dollars, which is a huge amount of money to go 
flip this house and I'm just acting like it's normal. Mm -hmm. And, um, they're like $200,000, like it's going to take them six, seven years to make that, you know? Um, but nevertheless, um, I think I'm just desensitized to it now, but, uh, within reason, we don't, we have all our standards. We have all our, you know, we have all our parameters that we have to hit and, uh, we're not, we're not done with it. And, um, you know, I think we, we got burned on one of ours and almost another. So we, we learned some lessons there and I'm sure we'll lose on another one, but um we we try pretty hard to make that not happen yeah ryan uh our coach says if you're not losing money on some of your deals you're not taking big enough risks like you should you should lose money on some otherwise like you're there's an opportunity cost um so like whenever you don't take a deal and there was fifty thousand dollars profit there just know that like you just lost 50 grand even though you don't feel it you did just lose $50,000 because you said no to a deal that the profit was there. You know what I mean? So that's what a lot of other people don't think about as well as opportunity cost. Um, but at the same time, you know, Ryan also talks about now, which Tony and I are basically here now, there's plenty of deals that we could make $10,000 on, but now we have to ask, is it worth our time? Same thing with everything else. There's a lot of different things that we can make money on. People come to us with a lot of opportunities. There's definitely money to be made there, but now we have to choose, is this worth my time? Do I want to actually sacrifice that in my life? And like, what do we actually really want to do? And that's why it's like important to keep that end goal in mind uh, and big picture because yeah, money is there, opportunities there, but now you got to choose, do I actually want this money sacrificing what I have to actually sacrifice? But uh, yeah, yep. that's awesome, man. And so what, like you said that you guys just like, you know, you don't even think about the numbers and everything. And like, that's kind of the way that for me, like it kind of became is like, you know, it's like fake money almost. Like it doesn't even seem real. Like to me, it's just business. It's just numbers. And it, it's almost fake as opposed to like, whenever it was me, like, I'll give you a real quick example. And then I want you to like, tell me about the feelings that you were going through. But you know, when I'm spending money on a rehab, um, or we're spending money on a rehab, I should say, uh, and it's, you know, $50,000, just like, here you go, let's freaking get this thing done. Then I'm remodeling my bathroom. And it was $5,000 in material. I'm like, are you kidding me? $5,000. And I was freaking out. I'm like, that's some bull crap. And I was like, you know, so like, how did you, did you develop that or was it automatic or like what actually was going through you guys' mind the first couple? Yeah, I think for me, it's almost like I know the job needs to be done and I'm going to spend the money anyway. So I can't get attached to it type thing. And it is a hundred percent different with my personal house, right? Like I'll go spend 2000 bucks on appliances in my rent house or my, my flip house but when it comes to putting a new fridge in mine or a new dishwasher in mine and it's 200 bucks, I'm like, eh, I don't know, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I might just want to go get fixed. Um, <clears throat> so it, it is, it is weird. And that's, that's kind of crazy because like we, most of our hard money, hard money, uh, rehab is held back in draws. And so like, I've got $55,000 in draws over here and 35 over here, but it's not even there. Like I can't see it but it's just going to be drawn and, and paid to the contractor. And I'm like, Hey contractor, let's roll. And I can burn through 50,000 in three weeks. Yep. Like that sounds crazy, but uh, it, it happens regular, regularly. Sorry, I'm burping. But uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. It, it, it almost feels fake. Um, you know, it, it most definitely isn't, but um, <clears throat> I, I think as long as you realize what you're actually doing, and not just, um, you know, 
being an idiot with it. Uh, cause those guys, those guys to them, you know, $200,000 isn't that much, right? Like it is a lot, but to them, um, it's just numbers as well, right? They're just, they just want to make their 10%, right? And they, they want to make their $15,000, right? They, they're, they're, they're making on the next 10 years and just keep loaning and keep loaning and keep loaning and keep loaning. Same thing for us. We just want to make numbers, right? We're just pushing numbers. And so it's all a tool. I think, I think you have to just realize that money is more of a tool than it is a, a scarcity because it's, there's no shortage of money anywhere. There's so much money out there. It's not even funny. Yeah. I like what you said, actually, that that conceptualizes a little bit more for me is it's more task oriented to that point. It's kind of like, you know, if your car breaks down, you, it freaking sucks, but you you know, you're already going to spend it. So you're just like, all right, let's hurry up and get this done. As opposed to, all right, let's keep thinking about it. I got to, you know, evaluate. It's like, no, like I need to get this done. I need to hurry up. And you know what I mean? Obviously it's still calculated. Like if somebody says, you know, your freaking tires are going to be five grand, you're going to fight it. But at the same time, you're still going to be like, all right, cool. That didn't work. Let's go get it done somewhere else. So when you have it task oriented, it's, it's, it's totally different. Yep. It's, it's a good example is we're doing a flip right now and it's, it's almost completely done. And uh, we got some foundation work done on it. It's a slab. And this, this is a risk we take from the very beginning. But you know, when you, when you push a slab up, that plumbing could, or it could not break. And, um, We've gotten pretty lucky recently and uh, our, our luck ran out on this one. And I think we've had like seven or eight different breaks that we've had to tunnel in there and get and fix. And, uh, you know, at, at that point, it sucks to spend that money, but it has to be spent to get the money that we're that we're that we want to get for it. And so like, oh, man, another break. But it's just it's a tool, right? It's I'm spending 500 bucks to fix this this break. And, but now I'm going to be able to sell this house for 325,000 because there's no issues. Right. So I think you just kind of have to look at it as a tool rather than a, a scarcity. Uh, but obviously calculated, like you said. Yep. It's funny you say that. Cause uh, the first thing I think is like, man, you should do some more direct to seller marketing. So you have to deal with that crap. Cause <laughs> that's like a deal that Dakota and I would just be like, well, we're wholesaling this one. <laughs> we're just going to buy it low and sell to somebody else. Like Jake, who's going to deal with all the uh, plumbing busting when he's trying. And, and we, and we honestly, we, we like that stuff. And that's, and the only reason we do is because Chad was a plumber and uh, you know, we have the hookups, we know what we're doing uh, for, for people who don't like, if you have no experience in that, I mean, a plumbing company could screw you out of some money and uh, that's where it makes or breaks deals. And uh, we're lucky we can do it for pennies on the dollar, but um yeah, not just no, that it, though, but then like you guys know that it can get done because like whenever you're not sure how it's going to get done or if you can do it, it's not dollars at that point. Because when it's just dollars, it's just a math equation. There's no emotion involved. It's not scary. But when you're like, oh crap, this broke, it's going to mess up the foundation. Can we even fix this? And like, you don't know how to get it done. That's when the fear sets yep. in. When it's just numbers, dude, it's just like, all right, but there goes five, 10,000. That sucks. Yep. That's, and that's, that's how it is right now. Um, and we're not spending a bunch of money there, but you know, it's another break. Oh, well, go fix it. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it is what it is, you know, it's just awesome. like a roof. If a roof, if a roof yep. screwed, you know, he sells roofs. Okay. Awesome. What's it going to be? You know, yep. it's that's not, a great, that's a great position to be in. And that's, yeah. that's where it's helped with, with Chad coming in because I would be, I would be super scared if there was a leak under the kitchen and like we had a, we had a tunnel 15 feet. I'd be like, Oh shit. You know, because <laughs> I don't want to tunnel 15 feet and I don't know anybody who can, yep. but he does. 
And uh, luckily, luckily we've, I mean, almost every single house we've done has had foundation issues. Um, and this is the first one that's really given us a bunch of issues, but you know. Wow. Well, besides that house, what's your biggest struggle right now? Or what do you see as the thing that's kind of holding you back from growing your business exponentially next year? Um, it's not lack of money, plenty of money out there. Um, I wouldn't even say it's deal flow because I think, I think there's a bunch of deals. Um, I think getting, getting a, a better system in place to, to curate leads and, um, and, and lock down more from direct to seller marketing would be better for us. Um, I think, you know, we, we have a couple ways, um, we're handwriting letters here and there, but I think I kind of want to get it more systemized, um, and more rolling, uh, automatically <clears throat> rather than, uh, let me go write 10 letters today, um, type thing. It's just not sustainable because I'll write five letters today and I won't write letters for a whole week. And then it's like, well, shit, what I even do? Um, so I think that, and then I think thinking bigger, honestly, I think thinking bigger is, is, has held us back or thinking smaller, I guess, held us back, but I need to think bigger because, you know, I met with an investor the other day and he's like, yeah, I need to go flip this 40 acre plot and this 40 acre plot is going to cost him $600,000 and, but he's going to put 200,000 into it and sell it for 1.5 million. Well, he just made triple what we made this year in one transaction in six months. Right. So if I can get start, if I can start thinking on that level and partnering with people on that level, then we can go a little bit more and not have to worry about the plumbing under a 1900 square foot house, right? Then I can go wholesale that thing, make 30 and go make 200 on this land deal. Right. Uh, and I, th I think that's the only pivot that I would say, um, because you know, we can do flips all day. Flips aren't hard, but, uh, and birds are even easier to me, but, um, you know, it just, I, th I think thinking bigger and systematizing a little bit more would help us a hell of a lot. That's something that Ed said that really stuck with me. Cause in real estate, you always think, or, you know, even uh, in future flipper, Ryan Pineda said it like finding deals and finding money is the secret to real estate business. But then the thing that he doesn't realize is that he always focuses on scaling. So that's what Ed said was the most important thing too. And that uh, one Arate call we were on, he was like, it's not sales. It's not management. It's not this, it's not that it's, can you scale? How can you scale? So I think that's kind of what you were trying to say. Absolutely. Uh, just with talking about your lead <clears throat> systems and marketing. I wonder too, uh, what your first hire would look like. Have you hired someone yet? We have not. Um, and we, we are meeting with a, and I, I actually might be hiring my girlfriend and, and Chad's girlfriend, but, um, we actually meeting with them Sunday. Um, cause we're about to have, <clears throat> let me think, I think we're about to have like 12 to 14 units, two Airbnbs, and then we have four or five flips going. So I need somebody to manage my properties. Um, and I honestly don't want to pay a property manager. So, but if I can pay my, my, um, my girlfriend and his girlfriend, and they can, they can maybe do that. Um, <clears throat> at least pay them instead of somebody else. Um, I don't know. We'll see, but I think that, and then hiring a, uh, um, I'm hiring a guy that's going to be on uh, commission based only, um, to handle my marketing. Um, he's going to be handling direct mail. Um, he's going to be curating leads, 
following up with leads um, and then everything he closes, he's just, he's just going to get a commission off of that kind of, kind of seems like uh, I think y'all have a guy um, that's just an acquisitions manager, I guess. Yep. Um, so, sort of like, sort of like him um, and just uh, try to get that rolling and, and maybe have him come in on a couple of deals to learn and, and grow within us, but we'll see. Um, we just, we just had somebody reach out to us like two days ago about getting affiliated with this customer relationship management software, CRM. Yeah. Uh, so they just reached out to us like two days ago and we would normally recommend it, but it's funny that you like started talking about acquisitions because we have a good, we noticed that we were getting, we were doing a lot of direct to seller marketing, but after a certain point, we were just like, man, screw that guy. Like there's six months out from selling their house. We'd forget about them. And then a year and a half later, somebody else would end up with the deal. And we'd be like, ah, yeah. we didn't follow up with that guy. So if you yeah. want a good CRM, uh, R-E simply, it's S-I-M-P-L-I. Uh, it's pretty dang good. R-E simply? Yeah, yeah, it has some automatic. They're a smaller company. Um, okay. So uh, there's still some buggy things sometimes. Like Dakota wants to get on the got get on a Zoom with the CEO. But uh, for the most part, it's good at like pulling up tax information. So it'll give you all the information about the properties. It'll let you set up automatic drip campaigns like uh, texting. Yep. We, can get, we can give you our texting scripts too. And then uh, it has kind of like, you know, these are people you haven't connected with yet. Here are people you've connected with. Here are people you made an offer to. Here are people you set an appointment with. You can mark stuff as dead deal. And like, there's even, you can send out mailers through it. We don't do that. We do mailing separate or our letters are done separately, yeah. but it's a pretty decent CRM. Yeah. The best thing that I would say for you, if you're planning on doing that, and we'll put the link in here too, for anybody else who's listening and is interested in it, but we'll send you the link as well. But we've used like four CRMs and uh, they all sucked pretty bad. Honestly, I came from the car business. So I uh, sold cars for six years. So I was used to working with very sophisticated CRMs. This one's very cool. And my my favorite thing about it is different phone numbers for different advertising. That way you can actually track your ads because that's where a lot of people struggle is tracking their stuff. We struggle with it still, but at least we can see how many people called in, where the lead come from, and then we can get an idea of that because you have different conversations with different leads too. You know, if it's direct mail, or if it's a TV ad, or if it's a bandit sign, you're going to treat them differently, ask different questions. You might have to come down a little bit harder on them. Or if it's direct mail, then usually you have to be a little bit more, they're not as motivated. So it helps you on that. And then also record your phone calls. You can go back and listen. You can train. You can, you know, make sure people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And you can track everything a lot better. So that's the main thing that it's good for. But um, do you have a CRM now that you use? We have... Uh... We have a CRM uh, called Lead Stages, um, and it's just a really, really super simple CRM. Um, I think <clears throat> Drewby Wilson from Apex, uh, I think he's the creator of it. Um, and and I don't, it's it. We, we have a Facebook uh, funnel connected to it, and that's about it. Um, so it really doesn't do much, and I haven't I haven't piddled with it. Um, but once we once we really get these this stuff going, um, I'll probably end up looking into something else because it's I don't there's just not very much there. Um, it's super simple, which I think is the reason he made it uh, to make it super simple. But I'm not sure it's going to work with us. Um, but we'll see. Uh, and so I, I need to get better at that because I don't have a bunch of experience with a with a CRM. But we will get there. Yeah, I'll say for uh, for anybody who's like doing sales or hiring an acquisitions guy, I will tell you that like follow up is the most important thing. I learned that from car sales and definitely even more in the house business because house takes a long time and there's a lot to figure out. So, you know, the odds of you texting, calling, 
mailing somebody and then wanting to sell that day is so unlikely. But in the next six it does months happen to sometimes. a year, <laughs> yeah, it does because you send out freaking 10,000. I mean, somebody's going to be there, but like the odds of it in that exact moment, that exact time is just the odds aren't very good for you. Um, so then you follow up though, your odds go up significantly. So they create tasks for you, tell you when you're supposed to follow up with them because you get on a phone call, they tell you, Hey, call me, you know, a couple of weeks from now, my tenants moving out, then bam, you just forgot. But if you have a task, it texts you, Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta follow well, up with this person. That, and if you forget the entire conversation, luckily it's saved. Yeah. It's like right there. Cause usually when the phone call comes in, it's kind of funny. I'll, I'll wait until the very end to answer the phone call because Dakota is better on the phone than I am. And Andrew, <laughs> Andrew's probably better on the phone than me now too, but I'll listen to the phone call come in and uh, I'll hit answer and it'll say, press hashtag to answer direct mail, press hashtag to answer direct mail. So you actually have to hit the button to accept it. So then you know where the call came from. It was a direct mail call or, you know, if it's, TV, uh, TV, TV, AD is what it says. <laughs> it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't know we're trying to say ad, but uh, you know, you can click it. Then you're like, okay, this is coming from TV. Somebody uh, called in just to tell me that my haircut was bad. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm 65 years old and I'm straight and everything, but I wanted you to know that the guy on the right side of the TV, he needs to change his haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, oh, that's uh, funny. yeah, I definitely would get a CRM, like a good one for your acquisitions guy, whenever you guys do make that hire and then track your marketing. That's the two biggest things that, uh, would be awesome for you. So, yep. Uh, that's, that'll be, that'll be probably the biggest learning curve, but also the best thing that, that we do this year, because that's probably the one thing that we're missing, um, is a super robust and, uh, systematized marketing, uh, just marketing plan or, or, or campaign can consistency, um, man. That's the difference is like, you know, right now, like, well, I, I can't speak for you, but I know when we first started, we would, you know, get the deals. Then now you got to figure out the rehab. So now you're no longer looking at deals. Then you got to get it on the market. Now you got it sold. And then you're like, Oh snap, we don't got any more deals. Then you got to restart the whole entire process. It's a, yep. It's a rep. It's a, it's a, it's a hamster wheel. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like to stay consistent, now it's just like, all right, the deals are still coming in and then you're just getting them down the pipeline. Your acquisitions guys continue to bring them and then you're doing your job just bringing them down. And then you create just that consistency is really the difference. So yeah, yep. yeah, I'm excited for you that you guys are going to, I mean, you've already done 13 deals with just you two, like dude, next year is going to be nuts. I bet you'll, you'll more than double that when it gets consistent. Man, I hope so. We uh, and hopefully with uh, with working with this with a couple of investors and and uh, a realty team we're working with, I I really hope what we can <clears throat> we can get there and not blow our brains out by then. But uh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens. We got paperwork for you too. Like uh, Dakota has a sheet uh, that helps you keep track of your deals, where they're at. You know, if utilities are in your name yet or not. What you know, what it looks like. Uh, that way you know where everything's headed and you can kind of, you have a little bit more predictability and sy systematized stuff. And right. then we have, we have some phone scripts and stuff too. If you want something for your acquisitions guy that you're going to handle or end up, you know, we'll send that, out. we'll send that to you since you're a guest on our podcast, but for everybody else, you have to buy the course to get that stuff because <laughs> 
that is something that like has helped us a lot um, to manage multiple deals because you got, you know, what's under contract, what's there, what utilities are on, things like that. And then, you right. know, our scripts are obviously uh, good, but uh, yeah, we'll send those over to you, man. And hopefully it helps. Yeah, that would be sweet. Um, tell me a little bit about y'all's course because I, you know, I, I have a bunch of people um, that, and I'm, I'm a not, I'm in no position to start a course, but like I have so many people who come up to me and they're like, Hey, how do you do this? Hey, how do you do that? Hey, how do you do this? And it's like the same answer every time. And I, I, I just honestly have no time or, or what one want to like do any of this because I still don't know shit. Yeah. Um, uh, so like, we have, we have the same thing happen to us and that's exactly why we created it because we don't have enough time to explain everything to them. And then also we feel like we're doing them a disservice if we don't tell them every step. Yeah. People ask for an hour of our time and it's like, that's a lot. I just now. I want to say a cuss word right now. Like MFR, you <laughs> cannot learn everything that we know about real estate from the last four years. Like I read books for three and a half years before you even got started. So like yeah. my real estate yeah. education, my real estate education is seven and a half years. You think that an hour with me is going to give you everything that you need to get started? Like, yep. no. You're going to have to take a 120 hour course. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, but the good news is uh, for, for actually for people exactly like you, um, we are creating a, uh, we're planning to create an affiliate program where you are going to get half of whatever you sell. So, you know, let's just say the um, course is a thousand dollars. If you, if somebody uses your code, you're going to get half of it. So then you can right. like, every time somebody asks you, Hey, I actually have some guys that I know that created this course. And then bam, you make 500, we make 500 and everybody's happy because now they get to learn. We help them and uh, yeah, it'll be a win-win. So that's definitely uh, going to happen. So well, and to give you an overview too, of what our course looks like, you know, we, we started out slower than you did and then eventually got more consistent and uh, I went from working full-time to working for the business. And then Dakota went from working full-time to working for the business. But uh, I really specialize in knowing the marketing. So I'm the direct to seller marketing guy where I'll show you, you know, what we started out doing when we were putting out bandit signs, like what company we were using and how we were making those and the step-by-step -step process. Cause there are other people who come out with courses and they're like, yeah, do this. But then I'll show you like, Hey, here's the website. Here's what we put. This is the amount of money it's going to cost. This is what it looks like when you hit the checkout button. And then, uh, besides that, uh, our, our Facebook ads, when we used to run Facebook ads, cause they worked better then, um, they don't work as good now. Uh, and Google ads, the things that are working for us now are like direct mail. So I, I show people the exact letter that we use, some of the letters that our competition uses, some of the different services out there where you can get those letters made for you and shipped to your house. And then um, there's even companies like REI Mail who will send them a Google photo, like it just steals the photo off of Google. And it's like, is this your house? I want to buy it. And then they even have like texting codes, you know, text four, five, four, five, four to blank to get an offer on your house right now. Well, those people become like really soft leads. Like those people are not the best because they didn't call in, but there's uh there's all kinds of resources out there and we've learned a lot over the course of the last four years. So everything from like how we find our deals, how we found our banks there's actually like a ninja tactic to find out i think did i send you that video about i don't know i don't know okay it was about it was about how to find out who who your competitors are using 
for banks. So uh, on ListSource, ListSource.com is one of the the websites that compiles information. There's a way to go in there and then find out who your competitors used to finance their construction deals or refinance their rentals. So instead of Dakota started out calling 100 banks to find one, and then we ended up finding it through like a referral from somebody. (laughs) That's how it goes. Yeah, there's a way to actually just ninja the whole thing and skip the process of figuring out who gives investors loans. You can just go right to the source. So we did everything the hard way. Well, some of the things the hard way. We We learned some things from other people, but this is like the the ninja hack course. And then Dakota is a master at sales. So he was the number one car sales guy at his dealership for three years in a row. Four years. Four years in a row. <laughs> there you go. He got it. He, he's, he's, he's on it. <laughs> yeah. So it goes over sales and all that other stuff too. But yeah, we're basically going to go over everything that we know and everything that somebody could possibly need in the business that we can think of at that time. So um, yeah, we, we want to go more in depth than what anybody else ever has. So we'll yeah. update the course too. If you're like, Hey, uh, I was kind of expecting the course to have something on this. So what the heck? Like, all right, I guess we're making some videos on that. Yeah, well, <laughs> like we just did our first subject two deal. We've never done subject two financing. How'd that go? Uh, well, I hope good. It's already closed. We don't actually know. <laughs> we'll find out in a, in a couple months when we fix it up and go to flip it. We'll let you know if it if it uh, if the back end goes as well as purchasing it did. Purchasing it was pretty easy after you got the lawyers to write up some of the documents and the title company on board because they always try to throw a wrench in things until you can't do certain stuff. But right, yeah. But uh, we'll definitely let you know as soon as the course comes out, and we'll get you an affiliate link too. That way, anybody who asks, then you know, you're like, "All right, man, I got a solution for you." So that would um, be perfect because I've, you know, I've, I've got just people all the time hit me up, and uh, if I can just send them something like that, because I've, I've got a guy who uh, I don't know if you ever uh, look him up if you don't know him, Brody Fawcett. Okay. Um, he's out of Utah, and but he's he's more of the um uh passive income um airbnbs like just just using stuff like that he doesn't really flip very much that i know of he's getting into more developing now but he has a course um but it's more so just like just straight passive income it's not flips it's not birds it's not none of that um but a a lot of people see what i'm doing and see what y'all are doing and they're like hey that's awesome so um i can definitely plug plug some people with y'all's course Um, that's another thing I wanted to say was Chad is, uh, he's an amazing salesman. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm great with numbers and talking to people, but, um, I just, I just, I'm not a salesman. Right. Um, Chad was the top producer at his plumbing company for like six years straight. So, um, he's, he's, he's pretty good there. And, uh, so I kind of see like, I kind of see Chad and I see me like this, (laughs) it's kind of weird, but that's awesome. You know? Love it. Well, but, we're going <laughs> to, there you go. That's it. That's it. Yeah. We'll get into some, uh, uh, closing questions now. So, uh, what would you say is your like uh, biggest superpower? My biggest superpower. I think my biggest superpower is I think my ability, number one, to take action. Um, just like, just go quit guessing, quit second guessing. But I think the biggest thing is like, I don't take no for an answer really. Like, if they say no, like a good salesperson. If they if they say no, and I'm gonna go figure out how to 
get it done, right? Like if, if they say, okay, no, you can't build this second unit. Okay. What if I just go make it an ADU? Okay. That works. Well, that's the same damn thing. So what does it matter? Um, you know, so it's just stuff like that. I, I try to get really creative with things and, and get things done, especially on the financing side of things. Um, and, and working around <clears throat> just, just getting super creative. Like I, I don't take no for an answer. I don't, I don't, I have zero options. Like I'm going to get it done unless there's just absolutely no way to get it done. That's yeah. Awesome. Confidence and certainty is super important, especially for sales. So you should look into sales a little bit now. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've got my real estate license now. And so, um, maybe, maybe it'll transfer over and I, I hope it will. Cause that'll help out a little bit, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And, and, uh, I guess, I guess I'm not the traditional salesman, I guess you could say, I just, I guess, you know, growing up, you, you think, um, cold calls and, and just being super convincing. And I, I, I don't think, I don't think I am, maybe I am, but That's I don't think I, I think, I think you are more, more, uh, salesy. Yeah. Not salesy. Cause everybody thinks salesy is a bad thing, but like, yeah, you're, you're definitely a good salesperson. You can tell just cause you're like, dude, how do we get this done? Is really like that's what a salesperson is, is a problem solver. And how can we solve this problem? No, you can't do this. I got to do this. And okay, cool. Well, here's what we're gonna do. Does that work for you? That's it, man. And like you got that. Yeah. So I think I think you might be a better salesperson what you're giving yourself credit for. But well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So maybe I can maybe I can make some make some real estate deals happen here and there for my clients. So we'll see. Yep, love it. So uh, uh, let's see, seventy nine years from now. You're a hundred. Okay. You're on your you're on your deathbed. Uh, you found out you have COVID seventy nine, okay. and <laughs> and this one's actually real this time. <laughs> and, and you're uh, you're gonna die. You only have uh, one message that you can give to the world, and it's your legacy. It's the last thing uh, that people get to remember you for. So it's the most important message you, you can deliver. Uh, what's your message to the world? Hmm. That's a hard question. Could be a charge. It could be something, you know, you think of and you're like, this is something that people need to know. It's a lesson, a legacy that I want to leave. I think, um, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing for me would be, oh, uh, I guess, I guess to be super simple, um, just be different. Maybe I, I just be different. Don't conform to, don't conform to what everybody else is doing. Um, and, and go do what your, your heart follows or your heart tells you to do. Um, and if it sounds crazy, maybe, maybe that means it is, and maybe you should do it. You know? That reminds me of something that Tim Ferriss says a lot. He says, if you don't have any good mentors around you, you don't have anybody who's doing great things. Just look at what everybody else is doing and do the opposite of that. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, it's super, super simple. And it's kind of like the saying, you know, your five friends is what you're going to be in 10 years. Sounds so super cliche, but it is a hundred percent correct. And it's a hundred percent right. And it's, it doesn't, it doesn't fail. Like it, it is, it's true. It is crazy. Do you have any final thoughts for our viewers or anything you want to say to our viewers? I don't think so. I only had one more question and this, this, this could go down a whole rabbit hole. Um, I had one more question for you guys is okay. I, I know how I finance my deals, but how do you finance your deals? 
Okay. There's like, well, how do you finance your deals to begin with? So most of our stuff is hard money. Um, just straight hard money, uh, purchase and, and rehab. Um, we have done a couple traditional financing, but it's just sucks. And, um, we have partnered on a couple. Um, I do like that with the right partner. It has to be the right partner. Um, most of our stuff's been, been hard money though. So. And then do you mean for flips or rentals or which one specifically or both? Um, so just straight turnkey rentals, we'll do, uh, we'll do conventional financing, but, um, for burrs and flips, we'll do hard money for sure. Gotcha. Okay. Then which one were you asking about for us? Um, mostly, mostly burrs and flips. Uh, and then I guess if you get creative on the, on the rental side, maybe we could give them how, how we were first going to get, when we first got started, Dakota had a home equity line of credit against his house and he was kind of willing to like bet the house literally on this working out. So he took a huge risk on both of his friends. We had Logan in the company as well as myself, and he was going to go in as the primary guy and then split it between the three of us, which is crazy. Um, but then when we actually got rental properties, we started with a local bank. After calling around to some banks that worked with investors, we kind of got the cold shoulder from some people. This one bank was willing to give us a chance, but they wanted 25% down. So Dakota went in as the 25% down and the bank uh, held the 75%. And then we ended up having to put a roof on it and some other stuff. We flipped a house. So we had a little bit of money in the bank, but really we were just... Uh, over over leveraged for the amount of like no deals that we were first getting when we first got started and then we just dakota started reaching out to investor friendly banks and we just they kept giving us bad terms or told us that they didn't do that or we got to the commercial sector and they were like well we kind of need to see your numbers and know that you're making money we need to see more income they kept giving us all these bs excuses and then finally we connected with some commercial banks and we've, we've always done commercial loans. We've always done loans through the LLC. We've never done individual loans yet. So we've always had worse terms than what the majority of people would like. But we got with banks that would do a cash out refinance immediately. So Dakota would go in, buy the property with his home equity line of credit and his personal name. And then they would look at that as a cash purchase with no loan against it because it was unsecured. And then the bank would allow us to pull 75% uh, loan to value, whatever they appraised it at. Right. So we would buy a house for 50 grand. They go out and appraise it and say, well, this is worth a hundred. So we'll give you 75. And then we yeah. would get, we would buy deals so good. We would be able to put cash in the bank for the next deal. So that's how we grew so rapidly. But a lot of times those come with consequences. So it was 6% usually you know, four and a half to six and a half percent at 15 years to 20 years, but mostly at 15 years. And it wasn't until just recently that we started finding some of these like not very advertised banks that'll do 30 year loans at basically 6%. I mean, they advertise four and a half, but but after the fees and everything that they hit you with up front, it ends up being 6%. Man, 6% is pretty tough. Yeah. But we, we do have private money lenders too. We have a, about a million and a half of private money. Is that kind of yeah. accurate? Somewhere around there. But then, uh, yeah, the only other things that I was thinking of other than what he already said is before I quit my job, I also got uh, unsecured lines of credit. So I went and got as many unsecured lines of credit as I could. I'm paying like 11 
0.5% or something on that. But like, still, it was just like, dude, money's money. Like we need as much access to money as possible. So home equity line of credit, unsecured lines of credit. And then obviously credit cards, man. Uh, you know, Tony talked a lot about, you know, we already pulled out all the money and then like, we didn't have the money to fix it. We just got credit cards. You got 0% for 12 months, 14 months. We just kept doing that. Then there's also a thing called manufactured spending. Um, I real quick story on that is take the credit card, go to CVS or somewhere, buy some prepaid debit cards, put the prepaid debit card into a money order, put the money order into your bank, and now you just got cash from your credit card without having to pay a cash advance With a zero percent uh, purchase APR. So you purchased, yeah, debt. so you just turned debt into cash. Yeah, so that's a that's one thing that we did too is like, you know, you could buy properties like that or do your rehab that way or you do your down payment. But one other thing that we did want to touch on is like, you know, before if let's say we're buying a property and then you had to borrow $100,000 on it to pay cash for it. Now you can only do one deal at a time. So what we did is we used two different banks. We used that one bank that would do 75% of purchase price. Um, so we put 25% down to purchase it. We'd buy it with them. Then 30 days later, we'd go and refinance out with the other bank. And then now that $100,000, now we can use 25 for each property. Now we can do four properties at the same time. And then we just started finding out how to keep growing that. So we just use multiple different banks and use whichever one like uh, works out for us. And then now we use private money, banks, credit cards, unsecured lines of credit, home equity lines of credit. And those are those are basically what we do now. Our money lenders are at 10 to 12% as well. So. That's a, that's about where we're at. Yeah. And no points, <clears throat> no points. Shit. That's pretty good though. We're, we're usually at one to two. Yep. No yeah, points so is pretty good. Yeah. No but points yeah, is pretty I, strong. And the funny thing is, is people in our area think that we're overpaying them. No, you're not. No, you're, I, you're. I, yeah. I feel like it's spot on. Like it's good for both of us. So. Yep. Yep. It's, it's the money's so easy and fast and uh, accessible that I don't mind paying 10% for four months, right? Like it just, if I'm going to go make 60 and I can pay them 10, whatever, you know? Yeah. It's funny because like, you know, everybody thinks that we're crazy for paying that much, but then they don't think it's that crazy. If somebody, if you were like, well, I partner with somebody and they paid for everything, uh, the rehab and everything, and we split it 50, 50, they're like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. But then if it's even worse, yeah, it's way worse, <laughs> but they don't even realize it. It's like, dude, if you just gave somebody, you know, 12, 10 to 12% on their money, you're paying them five to $10,000 and you still get to make all the profit, but people don't just think that's crazy. So, um, it's all perspective. They don't know until they're in it. That's right. I think that's really good because I've used literally every single thing you said on there, except that that cash advance stuff. That's pretty cool. And the home equity home equity line of credit. I don't have that, uh, but unsecured line of credit, credit cards, um, all that stuff is is it's vital, vital. Yeah. yeah, you have to use it, except for if you're a Dave Ramsey fan. But you know he he's broke, so no, it's kidding. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the comments are so funny. If you go on his page and you just look at his posts, or you find one of his posts, it'll be like, "Here, Dave Ramsey is trying to help people not get ahead." <laughs> like Dave, <laughs> Dave doesn't want anybody getting ahead, dude. Keep I it. saw I saw one thing that Pace Morby said, and I was like, "Man, that is very brutal." He, uh, Dave, somebody called into Dave Ramsey's show. Um, and he asked him, Hey, I paid cash for a house and like, you know, did all this stuff. Um, and Pace thought that guy was crazy for paying cash. Like, why would you do that? But anyway, another guy called Dave Ramsey and was just like, Hey, uh, um, I want to buy a property. What should I do? He said, you need to save up 
save all your money and pay cash for it. Until you can do that, don't buy one as an investment property. And Pace was like, dude, he just told that guy to work 22 years of his life. I one saw that. third of his life. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's crazy. And this person thinks that's good advice. Like you're going to waste your life. The most valuable thing we have is time and our like actual lives. And we're just going to work to say that. That's the craziest thing ever. Yep. Yep. I think that's, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen that video. It's crazy. Next time you see a Dave Ramsey post, the very first comment usually is always Ryan Stuman. So keep an eye out for that. <laughs> I he's saw always, it got he, liked like crazy. He's, he's always, he's always trolling Dave. It's funny. Dude, that's a good idea though. That's probably how he gets a lot of followers. I mean, it's, he gets so many likes and comments on it. It's genius. I mean, I cause Dave has idea. such a huge following. And if you see some completely contradicting it you're going to get eyes yeah thank you i'm glad you said that we're gonna start trolling him <laughs> that's awesome well sweet man well do you have any more thoughts or any more questions or anything before we wrap it up i think that was my only thing um i think that's about it cool how can our uh, viewers get a hold of you follow you and uh, learn more about what you're doing yeah so i'm on instagram and facebook uh my personal is jake carlisle too uh, on Instagram and our, our Instagram is Arate property management. Um, <clears throat> probably about to change to Arate property group actually. Nice. Um, so that's exciting. And then uh, Facebook is Arate property management as well. Um, and then my business partner on Facebook is Chad Balsrick and I'm on LinkedIn as well, Jake Carlisle. So, um, you just look me up, you, you'll find everything. Um, and, uh, we don't have a bunch of stuff rolling that, that you can tell, but we're going to, we're going to uh, start being a lot more active on, on social media this, this next year and, and uh, try to keep it rolling. Cause believe it or not, I've gotten a lot of interest on loans and properties just from posting on Instagram. And it's pretty crazy. Yep. That's what Ryan says. Do you have a podcast as well? I do. Yes. Yes. I have a, I have a podcast. Uh, we are, we are, we actually uh, in a two hours, I, I got a showing at one, but um, I'm, I'm interviewing a, a younger real estate agent. Um, and we're going to, we're going to chop it up with her. And so that'll, that'll be our last one for 2021. We started in September. We have 40 episodes total. Uh, so this will be our 41st. And then we're going to, we're going to partner up with another podcast, um, here soon and optimize it and kind of just go full into it and, uh, and optimize it for real estate. So what's, what's the name of your podcast? It's called capital gains. Oh yeah. Um, capital gains podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, Apple podcasts. Um, and it's, we, we've kind of deviated from real estate recently. Um, we talk about personal development, um, stock market, but, uh, you know, we, we dabble in real estate a lot there just because that's what we do. So go, go take a listen. If you want to learn something. Cool. Thanks so much for coming on, man. We appreciate you. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. And uh, it's it's nice seeing you guys twinning. It's, it's a little funny. <laughs> well, so sometimes I actually wear the same shirt. I'm glad at least different color. We don't, we don't plan it. <laughs> I didn't plan it. Tony said he planned it. But yeah, I knew I wanted to put on Arte. I mean, he named his company Arte. Yeah. I mean, it's it's perfect. I mean, yeah, it just works. We both it just works. Day. Yeah, dude, we got that. We got a lot in common. Uh, all of us. So yeah, appreciate you coming on, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate the invite.